Welcome to the Shop Girls on My Talk 1071. I am Allie Kaplan. My mother Harmony is here with me, knee brace and all. How you doing, Mom? Oh, having just a ball. Okay, good. <laughs> Can't decide which race to run first. You didn't ice skate this week, right? No, I thought about it and, and thought maybe skiing instead. Okay, you know? <laughs> well, hey, you know, stranger oh, things have happened. But let's yeah. just stick to... Uh, Talking and shopping and I talking about that. shopping. That's the one Maybe thing those are I good can, activities yeah, with I, your broken kneecap. Yep, Hi, Hope. How are you? I'm good. How are you two? Very good. No broken bones, Hope? Not yet. Good deal. Yes. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> well, let's get, um, there's a bit of store closing news to report, so let's just get it out of the way, okay, shall let's. we? And then we can focus on uh, better things. things. Right. Um you might have heard the news. This is really, you know, I don't think we can blame the pandemic. It might have just sort of sealed the deal. But Christopher and Banks had been struggling a long time. I don't know if everyone realizes that Christopher and Banks is based here. They are. Yeah. Um, they declared well, bankruptcy this week. It started as bronze. Do you remember bronze? No. Oh, my goodness. You were so young. Thank you. <laughs> what is bronze? <laughs> the first time I've said that. Bronze, spelled B-R-A-U-N-S, was a popular women's store. Really? Yeah. Where? I, Where was it? In several different locations. I mean, in, in malls. I can't remember exactly because it's been many, many years. Okay. And that then became Christopher it became, and Banks. How did that happen? Why did it become Christopher oh, and Banks? Oh, I read about it. I can't remember wow. if they bought it out. I, I okay. You know what? I really can't remember. Well, but it's Christopher been Christopher and Banks, Banks for quite a while. Right. And they haven't actually, when you say that this is, you know, it's not just the pandemic. They haven't posted a net profit since 2014. Mm-hmm. So that's... It's time. it's been a struggle and yeah. uh they've tried different things and there've been other points in which it seemed like it might be the end they've managed to hang on but it looks to be close to over um the CEO Carrie Jones um said that since the start of the pandemic we've taken aggressive steps to protect our business yeah. while serving the customer in a healthy and safe environment but um, it's just all too much, I think. And and I think that's what we've seen. And that's what we've seen with some of the other national chains that have declared bankruptcy, that it's just when you're already teetering, th- this pandemic is just too much. You're not in position to to withstand right. a downturn and- in traffic. And every retailer I'm talking to right now says, I mean, despite there is some good news and it look, I mean, obviously Target has good news. We'll talk about that. Um and that people did shop over the holidays, but I just don't think anybody is shopping at the levels that they normally are. No. They're not doing as much. They're not going as many places. We're stocked up on sweatpants. Yeah. Nobody wants to get back to hard pants quite yet if we don't have no, to. No. And that's the deal. And just to put it into perspective, um, bronze fashion was a women's. Um, it was a Plymouth-based fashion store. Changed the name in 1999. Well, there you go. And uh, became Christopher and Banks. Look at you so. with the fashion history, hey, the retail that's, history. That's Thank you, Mother. Sure. 
Um, I really didn't remember that. But anyway, yeah. yeah. So so it, it's not clear yet. They have they've said that they're probably closing most, if not all, stores. We know how these things go. Yeah. I, I mean, it I, starts yeah. out as most. But anyway, the sale is on. Um, you know, we always do our steals and deals at the end yep. of the show, and we'll mention it. But a little teaser is um, right now 40 to 60% off most merchandise at Christopher and Ben's. That's not even wanna, a teaser. That's just a fact. It is. If yeah. you want to get it, I'm in a teaser for steals and deals. I know. Because we're it, not going to do oh, the rest of the steals and deals I right see. now. We're just giving that one. <laughs> okay. I'm pulling it out of the steals and deals. <laughs> Okay. And putting sure. it right here sure. in the beginning of the show. Sounds good. Meanwhile, okay. uh, local boutique closing. Another one at the Galleria. We told you a few weeks ago about Dugo closing. Um, now, Roe Wolf. Uh, this one makes me sad. Yeah. Well, Dugo made me sad, too. Yes, it but... did. But I, I probably purchased more things in general at Roe Wolf. Because okay. I don't go well, out that much. Well, yeah, you <laughs> don't have that good many times. balls and galas. Yeah. And Dugo had yeah. more of a high-end um, dress-up kind of vibe. Right. Dress-up, go out. That's what Dugo stood for. Exactly. Stands for. It's still open. But um, Roe Wolf is indeed closing. The sales started this week. And... You know, I think this is a case of the pandemic, not that thing, because I think things were going really well. And I don't think that if you had asked Ashley Kilcher, the owner in January of 2020, if she was thinking at all about closing her store, I think the answer would have been absolutely not. Right. But what's interesting is I spoke to her this week and and I said, you know, why haven't you added e-commerce? I realize it's a big thing, but so many boutiques... They tried other things. So many boutiques that weren't selling online were sort of forced to in this last year, and a lot of them have done really well with it. But Ashley was just absolutely adamant that that's not what she set out to do. That to her, it was about the experience, it was about the community, it was about the store experience, and she just didn't didn't want to do it. And so, you know, they tried different things, um, obviously offering to help customers in whatever way, if they wanted to call, they did a lot of... um, Well, they did a whole thing with Grant Whitaker of the virtualist. virtualist, Yes, yes. yeah, absolutely. Helping people shop, whether in person or virtually, um, you know, posting things on social media, but just wasn't enough to to keep it going. And so she had to make the tough decision. Um, the sale is bananas. She said that, you know, the best way to bring people into a store is to announce that you're closing. She <laughs> said they've never been so busy. She was just overwhelmed. People actually coming in. Oh, yeah. Just overwhelmed wow. by the response. Um, so right now, things are 20% off. Here's a little tip. They're going to increase the discounts on Thursdays. Okay. So if you want to take a gamble yeah. that something you're looking at will still be around and get it, you know, for 30 percent off, you could wait. But I guess things are going pretty fast. So the official date of closure has not been announced. She hasn't yet. announced it, but she is guessing at the rate they're going that probably within two to three weeks. And does she have plans? She actually after? does. Oh, she actually does. They yes. can be shared or not. I think it's OK to share it. Yeah. Oh, I mean, she told me. Not, no, no, it is. It is. She told me yesterday um, that. So Ashley Kilcher, who is the owner of Roe Wolf, is going to go work for Martin Patrick three. She is really? going to be she's going to lead sales for the women's department. 
Oh, interesting. Yes. Wait, is she going to buy or, or no, really no. do the sales, sales part? My understanding is sales. They have a buyer. Well, that's um, what I thought. Unless that person's leaving. Now, I don't know if everybody realized that that Martin Patrick 3 has added women's. You know, after so many years of saying they weren't going to do it, they weren't going to do it, they've always been asked. Yep. And, and she said that for her, it's sort of, it feels full circle because she said, you know, she often looked to them for inspiration and was like, um, you know, what what is the the female version of, of, of Martin Patrick 3? How do you capture the magic of that store? And so, yeah, so Ashley will still be on the scene, still, you know, very much a believer in brick and mortar um, Do you local think, retail. Does she say, did you think to ask her, which I would guess you did, um, that let's say that this pandemic eventually is gone, yeah. that she would think of returning to owning a store? Um. You know, actually, we did not discuss that oh. in particular. I mean, I, I think for right now, I think it's probably a nice break for yeah. her. Well, <laughs> you know, sure. it's a lot of pressure to, to own the store. Um, she has teenage daughters and, um, you yeah. know, so anyway, I, you know, I think she's excited to stay in retail and to, and yeah. to be but with Martin Patrick. And it's kind of, pressure. And, and for her, another little bit of fun trivia, if you know your local retail, it's a return to the North Loop because the Royal Wolf, before they went to the Galleria, was in the North Loop. Right. And, and then if they you had like, a temporary store at Galleria. Well, I was going to say, if yeah. you recall, it was sort of a test. Yep. And and she said also that Galleria has been nothing but kind and wonderful to them. That's and, you know, it wasn't it was this wasn't the case of a, a mall not willing to bend on rent or anything like that. Um, she just felt like, you know, the writing was on the wall. And the other thing I thought that was interesting, as she mentioned, as far as shopping trends, was that in the first three months of the pandemic, there was just, you know, a mad dash to stock up on cozy. And she bought, you know, more sweatsuits and sweatpants yeah. and joggers and all that. And she said, I mean, people just aren't buying it as much anymore. Like we all have it and it's not it doesn't feel as inspired yeah, and people right. aren't aren't there yet and i don't think they're quite ready to buy the dressy stuff sure yet. makes sense so that's the deal on that front um there was wasn't there an oh here this just actually i just got word about this i haven't been by myself but if you have been through uptown you might have noticed that the uh, storefront is now boarded up at Sephora, the latest store Oh, closing. really? Yeah. So oh. they're gone, too. I mean, nothing surprises me in Uptown. Yeah, I know. Is Rome this point. still open in Uptown? They are, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what they're doing as far as store hours or anything right yeah. now. You know, I think CB2 is the one that I just keep waiting, like, ugh, are they going to leave, too? And that would be upsetting because that's the only location in town. I think maybe what helps them is the fact that they've got that little parking lot. Yeah. And so people who are... It's kind of a destination. If you're looking for furniture, you can park there and go. go there, right. Rome, I haven't talked to them in a while. I worry because that whole stretch yeah. over Chino there. Yeah, Tino closed or is Chino, closing. Yes. Yeah. And, um, you know it is still open over there. It, it, you don't buy a lot of furniture and clothes there, but Penzi Spices. Oh, I know. You it's love still open there, Yes. And that's kind of a cool yeah. store. Oh, there are several. I mean, yeah. paper, the paper store, paper source, and isn't it paper source? On the corner? So. Yeah. And, and isn't Urban Outfitters, it's still open. 
Um, that one is sort of a little like we, we reported Twin Cities yeah. Research reported quite a few, while ago that they were looking for someone to take right. the spot. So right. I think they're looking to, to get yeah. out. But yeah, still there. So anyway, yep. yeah, no Too more bad. Sephora and Uptown. We've gone from having tons of beauty there to not very much. When we get back, the big Vogue controversy and discussion, we're going to get into it. We welcome your opinions. That's straight ahead on Shop Girls. Welcome back. You're listening to Shop Girls on My Talk 1071. I'm Allie Kaplan with my mom, Harmony. Well, uh, we're not here to claim that all of these controversies are the most important things happening in America, but oh, they are no. things happening in America and they're, um, you know, kind of a nice distraction, right? Exactly. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. So these are uh, the kind of controversies we like. Exactly. Yeah. This is in our wheelhouse yep. and in that vein. I mean, this is this is not uh, nothing. I mean, no. there, there's a lot of of, of history and yep. and bias and feelings in this. And I'm really curious um, what you guys think, if you think anything about it at all. So here's a little background. Perhaps you've seen the um, leaked, quote unquote, because we know who leaked it, cover <laughs> of Feb- the February issue of Vogue and on the cover is vice president elect Kamala Harris. Right. And the photo immediately produced a lot of controversy, um, bad feelings, critical um, uh, criticism. Criticism, Um, yes. And here, here it is. It's it's her looking like she often did. On, it kind of looks like a test shot. And the more I read about it, it almost sounds like it was. So she's in a, a jacket. She's in her, her own clothes. It's her own clothes. She's in her signature Converse sneakers that mm-hmm. she wore on the campaign trail. It's a very casual, approachable image of someone you'd want to, you know, hang right. out with. Um, Not of those, a vice president elect. Well, there are those who think it's kind of a messy shot right that and that it wasn't even, exactly real flattering exactly the background is drapings of green and pink which is an homage to her howard university sorority yeah so uh, so the the criticism and it came first from the amazingly articulate and brilliant um robin Givon of the washington post is that hey vogue this is not showing due respect to the first, to the soon to be vice president of the United States, to the first woman, to the first black woman. This is disrespectful. Mm-hmm. You're not that close. Like she might want to kick around in converse on the campaign trail. She can post, you know, casual pictures of herself if she wants to. You don't know her that well. Remember, she's vice president. She should to be you. on a pedestal. Exactly. Yeah. And so it that was- reminds me, my mother used to say to me, Harmony, you get too familiar with her. <laughs> you know, it's a good way of putting it because she does, she gives off that vibe and it's wonderful, but let's have some respect. Right. Now, there was a second picture, which is going to be on the cover well, of the digital. And you ha- and, and here's the issue. thing. So Vogue released a second cover that they called their digital cover after the response to the cover that will be on newsstands to this very casual picture, the quote unquote digital cover, which I have to think they quickly released because they saw where this was, where this was headed. Um, That is what you would expect. It's a more formal classic 
political in a powder blue portrait. suit. Yes, with a flag uh, pin. She looks on powerful her and, and arms crossed. Yes, and, yeah. Now the New York Times broke down how this shoot went, and apparently, I mean, Vogue didn't break any rules right. per se. Yeah. Um, Kamala Kamala Harris wanted to wear her own clothes. She did. Um, she did not have final rights it, to choose. And Appar- that's, I right. mean, you know, being in the magazine business, that's yeah. how it goes. Apparently you she know? did not ask she, for she, approval rights. She agreed to the, to the shots. But I have to think, and it certainly seems, and I know from be, having been on a million shoots, I'm guessing that, you know, because you could say, well, she agreed to be posed in her Converse sneakers. Yeah. Like, that's why would she do that if she didn't? with that on the cover but i have to think that that was sort of presented like this will be a more casual inside shot that that was a picture and even robin givon said that picture would have been fine inside it didn't belong on the cover that she was under the impression that that more formal in the blue suit that that was the cover and and not the right And, and vanessa friedman from the new york times took basically the same uh position she said, you know, she's a game changer and belongs on a pedestal. She's the first elected official um, to be on an American Vogue cover. I mean, Hillary Clinton's been on Michelle Obama, but they weren't elected. They right. were first ladies. Right. And she said, so this cover is part of history. It's a collector's item, part of the visual record of our country. Yeah. And deserved better what do you guys think do you think anything do you care um is it is it just is it much ado about nothing or are you offended what do you think now our six five one six four one one oh seven one is our number i had one friend reach out and say i mean come on can anything just be okay like do we have to make a controversy about everything you know they were trying to capture who she is they didn't mean any harm that's one point of view obviously when you read robin givon who is a black woman writing about this and writing about this historical moment and how they sort of chipped away at it and also the history of knowing that that vogue doesn't have an awesome okay track that's the other thing that i was going to say uh, that we've got to also take into consideration as um uh vanessa friedman did that anna wintour does not have the best record in terms there have been a lot of complaints in terms of her own past with um staffers of color that are on Vogue. Um, they, she also pointed out that uh, earlier covers that they've had of black women like uh, Simone, Simone Biles, the, the Olympic star, have caused people to criticize for their lack of black photographers. Now, this was a black photographer that did do um, this photograph of, of Kamala Harris. But, you know, she doesn't have the best right, record. Right. Now, so her- here's... I'm she responded. I was just going to say. So yeah. she did respond. She did, and as she said, Anna Wintour um, defended the choice of putting the more casual photo on the cover and saving the formal one for the "quote unquote" digital cover. Yeah, she said when the two images arrived at Vogue. All of us felt very, very strongly that the less formal portrait of the vice president-elect really reflected the moment that we're living in, in which we are all in the midst, as we still are, of the most appalling pandemic that is taking lives by the minute. And we felt to reflect this tragic moment in global history, a much less formal picture Something that was very, very accessible and approachable and really, really reflected the hallmark of the Biden-Harris campaign and everything they're trying to do, and I'm sure will achieve. Yeah, she said she felt it was charming and relaxed and and 
given gave the feeling of joyful optimism. Um, now, Andre Leontali, who used to be at Vogue, oh yeah, and has defended defended her totally. Really? Yes, because he's said, like railed against her no, 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 and accused her of this. taking his he job. He said, in terms of the cover, he said in all caps, he had written, "It's great, just great." And he said that he thinks that her work uniform with her ubiquitous Converse sneakers is aspirational. I predict this is going to set a trend with women all over the world who are going to dress like Kamala Harris. And he had great praise for um, the 26-year-old photographer. Wow. And he said, take me down, clap back at me on social media. (laughs) All I can say is Anna Winter is not abdicating and I... Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Shop Girls on My Talk 1071. Well, one of the things that the pandemic has done is kind of force us all to slow down. That, or in my mother's case, a broken knee. One or the other. <laughs> one or, the um, other. or maybe both. Uh, but it, it sort of makes us reflect and think about things that we might not always have time to do, eating dinner together as a family, or perhaps taking the time to write a handwritten note to someone. Well, Alyssa uh, Toft, local entrepreneurial-minded woman, decided it was time for a new service to uh, kind of promote and inspire people to take the time to write. Beautiful paper always helps. Her startup is called Quill and Q, and we're really excited to have Alyssa here with us now to tell us about it. Hi, Alyssa. Hi, Allie. Hi, Harmony. It's Hi. so great to be with you this morning. Well, we're thrilled to to have you on the show. Your website is just adorable, and I'm holding some of your <laughs> actual physical cards right here, and oh, they are beautiful. so lovely. I do feel like I want to go write a note. I, so. I do, too. And not only that, she's even included beautiful stamps with each note. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, thank you. Well, let's Maybe. start at the yeah. beginning, oh. Alyssa. Where did this idea come from? Yeah, so, you know, the whole idea behind Quilling Q is to spread unexpected joy. And like you said, it's a subscription card service that inspires you to do something simple but impactful, which is to send one handwritten card a month to someone who might not be expecting it. And, you know, I have um, always loved writing and sending cards. And, you know, honestly, if you come to my house, you'd see I sort of have a problem because I just, have a lot of cards. <laughs> um, and I, I can't help myself when I see a beautiful card. Um, and, and love just this magic of, of the handwritten note. But I'd never really thought about this passion as anything other than that. Um, but then fast forward to August 2019, um, my husband and I were at a dinner celebrating our 15-year wedding anniversary. And in our 15 years of marriage, you know, we'd had a lot of change. We'd moved several times. We'd had kids. And we were sort of just talking and speculating that we didn't really see many big changes in the upcoming years. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you know, little did we know what 2020 right. had in store for us. Um, and those predictions were obviously a little off base. But, um, you know, shortly after we had this conversation about not much change, this idea came to me kind of like you think of in a cartoon, I guess, like a little white bulb that went <laughs> off above my head. Love those and moments. And I blurred blurted out something just like, you know, wouldn't it be cool if I started a business where once a month you received a card that you then send to someone who's not expecting it? And my husband thought it was a good idea, but neither of us really 
said much more on the topic, but I just kept thinking about it and the idea stuck with me and I kept moving forward with it. And um, Quill and Q launched for subscription sign up in November 2020. And and Alyssa, the thinking of making it a subscription versus just creating a new stationary brand that has cards is that it'll mm-hmm. it'll really push you to to do it to, because it feels like a to manageable remember. thing. Just to you get yeah. you receive a card a month, you write a card a month. Yes, that's exactly right. You know, I had even toyed with the idea of well, what about sending people three cards a month, or you know, sending a packet, you know, all at once, and. You know, part of this is I had made a New Year's resolution one year to do something similar to this, and I just didn't do that great of a job of following through. And I just think, you know, if I had had Quilling Q, things might have been different because it would have been this recurring reminder every month in my mailbox. It would have made it, you know, easier to stay on track. And, and yeah, like you said, it's just sort of like it doesn't let you off the hook because it keeps showing up in your mailbox. Right. It's just yeah. one card. Just one card. You know, nothing, not nothing insurmountable, you know, it's just this one card that could really, you know, be something simple, but really make a difference. I like the idea of it. So you, go oh, on. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to ask you too. I was noticing on the website that you have them for kids too. Really bright. Yeah. Really fun. What was the idea there? Did you just think kids could get into this early and then maybe they will uh, continue it as they get older? Yeah, absolutely. I'm so excited about the kids subscription. Like I mentioned, I have kids and, you know, of course, you want to think about ways for your kids to be kind and thoughtful, just like we want to be as adults. And this just feels like such a fun, meaningful way to get them to think about being kind. Right. And I even think it's a fun activity for parents to do with their kids. You know, I love reading what my kids write in cards and just get a kick out of some of the stuff that they say. Um, and I hope that that's, you know, something fun that parents can do with their kids and kids can start to see the value in recognizing someone else and appreciating others and what it feels like to kind of put that positivity out into the world and, and the, you know, even the response that they get back, um, you know, it's just such kind of this rewarding cycle. And I mean, I know I've even had a lot of, or it's, it's just been fun to get feedback from people who have sent out their Quilling Cue cards and the responses they've received, sure. you know, just even an excerpt from, <laughs> something that one person said was, well, when I got the mail, I couldn't figure out why you were sending me something. But then I read it. I was in tears. That was the nicest thing anyone has ever said to me. And I I just, I love that, you know? But Alyssa, isn't that a lot of pressure? I mean, I think one, I mean, obviously it's, it's just the act. We get lazy. We don't want to bother. It's easier to send a text, but there's also the pressure, Mm -hmm. I think with written words that like, it's got to be really profound. And so talk about Mm -hmm. the Q part of your name and what you include with the cards every month. Yes, absolutely. So what you get every month is this surprise packet that has a blank note card Um, it has an envelope and the stamp included. And then what we also include is something called a cue card. So if you already know who you want to send your card to that month, that's great. But if you want maybe a little inspiration or need a little help, that's where the cue card comes in. So for example, I'm holding a cue card right now. It says, send this to the hardest working person you know. Mm. This person is tireless. They're always going above and beyond, and they do it without expecting extra recognition. This is your chance to give that recognition. How has their work ethic impacted you? How have they persevered during difficult times? How is your life better because of their efforts? So you're exactly right, Allie. You know, it's something to kind of 
you know, if you're stuck that month and you don't have someone in mind, here's a great idea for someone that you might not ordinarily think of, you know, recognizing or sending a note to. And it doesn't have to be, I think you're right. Like maybe there's a little pressure to make it profound. It doesn't have to be, not every card, you know, needs to be life-changing, but you just never know how much that simple note could mean. You know, the the thing that I think is interesting is I don't know if all mothers are like this or not. I have cards that my kids have given me, excuse me, and my kids are not exactly, um, Young. Young this anymore. is where she talks about how we're old, <laughs> Alyssa. Happens every but week. <laughs> I have boxes down my basement of all the cards they've ever given me. Every wow. birthday. Seriously? Every month, yeah. I sure do. Oh I cannot God. throw them out. And my husband's, yeah. like, you know, really? You don't want to go through them? But, you know, while I don't go down and look at them all the time, I know they're there. And it does mean something when a friend or a child or whatever writes something special to you. Absolutely. I know. I, my, I've got handwritten notes I can't part with. You yeah. know, that's just kind of how it, how it is. That's exactly right. And I think, you know, it's funny. I, I had a conversation with a CEO some months ago, and we were talking about, you know, what do you do? How do you stay connected with your team during this time and during the pandemic and mm-hmm. we're all working remotely? And she had gotten into the practice of just sending handwritten notes. Oh. She wasn't giving them gift cards. It yeah. wasn't a bonus. It was literally just a note mm-hmm. to say, I really appreciate wow. you. You're awesome, whatever. And she said she was blown away by the response. Oh, I that believe she it. Had, oh. she, got, she was receiving thank yous. They were like, I can't believe you took the time to do that. And it was like the most meaningful gesture she could have made as a boss. Yeah. I, oh, I can see that. That was Nancy inspired. Lyons, by the way. If you're oh. listening, Nancy, shout out to you. But I just, I thought about that, Alyssa, when I was looking at Quill and Q, because it is, it's just, it's a simple gesture that means a lot. Yeah, yes, I know that. Um, and, and that's just it. There is something so special about feeling like someone took that extra part of their day, extra, extra time to sit down and handwrite something. There's right. just something about that. Right. So the subscription is $8 a month. Do you have to sign on for a certain amount of time? No, it's, it's just, you know, month to month. There's not, there's, you, you can cancel, you know, anytime. So um, it's, it's, you know, an easy enough thing just to give it a try and see if you're liking it. And if it's, if it's something that's making your life better and others lives better. The designs also, we have to just take a minute. Your designs are so modern and fresh and cool. I just have to wonder, I'm going to guess you're going to get requests from people who just want to buy like a bunch of your cards. Is there any thought of making that available? Yeah, I mean, right now, um, I'm just focused kind of on the subscription um, aspect of it. But I, yes, and I can't, you know... Trust me, you would not want me making artwork for these cards. I worked with a designer who lives in St. Paul and is incredibly talented. And I'm so lucky um, that our paths crossed. And she just she just did a beautiful job. Oh, yeah. yes. They're really Absolutely. fantastic. They really are. Well, how fun. It's called Quill and Q. It's quillandq.com. We'll put a link on the Shop Girls page. You can sign up, try the subscription for adult cards, kid cards, and just get writing. Congratulations, Alyssa. Congratulations (laughs) on taking that like aha moment and actually turning it into a business. That's not easy to do. Oh, thank you so much to both of you. Have a great morning. Yeah, good luck with it. We'll we'll stay in touch. All right. Well, that's fun. Yeah, it is fun. I mean, it's a great idea. I have one um, friend. I I have more than one friend. (laughs) Thanks for clarifying. (laughs) But I do have one friend who 
I would call her the champion of note writing. Really? Yeah. And she, to her, a handwritten note is means everything. Yeah. And um, I understand, and especially now, you know, when we can't even see people that we care about the way we did. Mm-hmm. I think this is a great idea. Yeah, it's very fun. Quill and Q link will be on the Shop Girls page. When we get back, it's time for whose look is it anyway? We got a lot of pants. We told you the pants are coming. The pant pants trends keep coming. coming. Other 2021 <laughs> trends. And, of course, the impeachment dress. That's straight ahead on Shop Girls. Welcome back. You're listening to Shop Girls on My Talk 1071. I'm Allie Kaplan with my mom, Harmony. Well, it's that time. Let's take a look at some trends. Let's analyze them from every angle. And then we have to wonder whose look is it anyway? Give me she's wearing that outfit. It's time for the Shop Girls to ask Can I ask you something? Whose look is it anyway? Where do you want to start? Well, you were accusing me last week of not talking about Gigi Hadid. I just was so surprised. Well, you know, it kind of hurt my feelings a little mm-hmm. bit. But anyway, um, Gigi was out in some pants this week. In pants? In oh, pants. my God. Breaking news. Yeah. Um, that In Style reported on because they were saying that she took a pair of leggings, basically, and... The one feature that they have, this one tiny detail that they feel can actually make them be a real pant. Okay, you ready for this? Yeah. A flared legging. It has to be flared at the bottom. Now, when you look at the picture, I mean, it's not so much flared as just it looks like somebody cut the legging so that she could get her foot in. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just a slight, um, it's just not straight. Okay. And they were a mere $400. I am wearing a pair today that cost me 18 But <laughs> I'm just saying. But these are 400 from Wardrobe uh, NYC. And with a black puffer and, of course, in bright sort of neon green shoes. But what they're saying about this kind of a bottom is that it can be dressed up because if she put on heels and a structured blazer Mm -hmm. instead of the puffer jacket, that they would work for that. Instant transformation. Yes. And, you know, I guess that's true. I mean, I don't see what the big deal is. Well, leave it to Gigi to really just break the news. I guess. Just major, major earth shattering. On the other hand... If you would like something a little bit more interesting, I think, on the bottom, is the checkered pant trend. So this is, you know, we this talked is last sort of a, week. It's a subset of the fancy pants trend. I guess. Checkered pants <laughs> yes. is a category well, of its own. Last week, we sort of talked about psychedelic pants. Yes, we did. And these are a little bit, you know, less that kind of look. But um, one of the editors at uh, Pop Sugar was saying that, you know, she's been living in her sweatpants and this is kind of like a fun way to get out of her sweatpants because it's kind of a nostalgic look back. There's a lot of, and they show a lot of checkered pants and all kinds of bold colors. They paired them with a lot of um, tops that don't match mm. or other That's prints. your favorite. You love non-matching things. Yeah, well, not so much. But um, anyway, but what do you think about checkered pants? 
Checkered pants are cute. I'm all about checkered pants. Yeah, I think there's some really cute ones. I mean, they showed some blue and white check and I, I think know, some that tiny little checks, some big I, checks. I think we often overlook the opportunity to kind of go a little crazy with our bottoms Why is, versus Do you like tops. to go crazy with your bottoms? <laughs> I do. <laughs> okay. Especially hey. right now. I'm tired of sitting. Um, no, I mean, I think, you know, there are people who say, oh my gosh, I would never wear like a wild pattern blouse. I'm all about the... So, you know, so you can have that sort of refined, keep it calm on the top, feel good about it, but then show a little personality with your Yeah, why not? I remember a few years back, I had some bright Kelly, in fact, you might have given them to me, Kelly Green um, corduroy pants. And I just love those. I don't Mm -hmm. know where they are now. But they, Hmm. anyway, you know, yeah. Did you happen to see, do you follow um, Katie Couric? On Instagram, yes, there she had a picture yesterday, yesterday I think, or the day before, of just like a baby, like a a little girl screaming. Yes, Yes. and you're like, oh my god, what's going on? And she said, me when I have to put on pants that don't have an elastic waist. Yep. P.S. I'm going to be on Bill Maher tonight wearing something other than sweats for the first time in about ten months. Saw her last night. Is it really? But she's been doing interviews all the time. But I guess they're on her network, and so she can can, she can just wear her sweats on the bottom. I mean, basically, when she does them, you just see the top of her. Yeah. So, you know, she really doesn't. uh, Yeah. She doesn't have to have anything except the elastic waist. No, I like, I mean, checks are nice. They're fun. They feel modern. And I'm all for it. Thumbs up. So tell us about Nancy Pelosi's impeachment dress. Um, I mean, I don't have much to say other than just to note that, I mean, of course, it immediately became, uh, went viral. Yeah. Viral Uh, on Twitter. But, you know, I mean, I feel like, you know, social media is just on standby waiting for any Pelosi move to, like, turn into a meme. Right. And she delivered. And you have to know that, I mean, she is somebody who knows how to use fashion. She's deliberate. She oh, I love her. So <laughs> she wore black. The same dress. The important thing is she wore the same dress that she wore when they impeached him the first time. That's hilarious. You know, it's her impeachment dress. It's her impeachment dress. And it did not take long for the uh, internet to make that connection and to uh, send around a photo of her with her gavel and her mask and her black impeachment dress. Yes. And and some people said the repeat look was a good luck charm. Um, others said it was a swift lesson in the art of rightful pettiness. <laughs> Of course. And then True. some viewed her fashion choice as a reminder that here we are again debating another moment of the president's misconduct. So, you know, whatever her reason, and I'm sure she didn't just suddenly go into her closet and say, oh, I think I'll Look, wear this today. It's a perfect example, as we discuss frequently, doesn't really matter who you align with, but just of the way that people can use fashion to make a statement without words absolutely and yet another way to send a message to convey a sentiment and she is among the best yeah oh without a doubt yeah i love all her masks i mean she has wonderful matching masks i will say we sort of ran short on time when we were talking earlier about um the vice president elect and kind of um the controversy over the vogue cover which you know whatever wherever you land on that I did think it was interesting there was talk in the New York Times article that gave the background of you know why Vogue used the casual cover versus the formal one about how 
um, Vice President-elect Kamala Harris has been very careful not to talk about who she wears. That, you know, that we right, need to remember, a point you can't to, put yeah. her in the same camp as Michelle Obama right. on the cover because she is an elected official. It's, we've and, never had this situation. And, she, and, and it's such a bummer that the way that there is so much weight put on these things that she can't just casually say, oh, yeah, I love whatever right. brand. Yeah. You know, she's got to measure everything because she's going to be accused of being, you know, trivial or right. being Nothing a woman, yeah. you know. Uh, so yeah. anyway. And, you know, and yet everybody's wondering because there will be, I guess, a virtual inaugural ball mm-hmm. and what kind of gown she'll wear. There's yeah. never been a bit of vice president needing to wear a gown, obviously. Right. That we know of anyway. I know. Um, and will, and it also made me wonder, really, I mean, will designers be as eager? I mean, I have to think it's still, you know, if, if they don't get to talk about it, will they still want to dress her? I don't know that she can accept. No, but anything. I mean, like if she, but, but you know, yeah. just in terms of who she wears or who yeah. wants to make things for her, she's clothes. paying for it. Right. She does. It'll be interesting. It will the be interesting. The whole other thing to watch. When we get back, we'll take your questions. We'll talk shop. More coming up. Stick around.